Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host, Miles Beacom. With me today is Dick Brown, a 2019 inductee into the South Dakota Hall of Fame. So Dick, welcome today. And Thank you. Can I'm you, delighted to be here, Miles. Well, I tell you, you're, you have a fascinating background. So you. if you could share with us uh, just your childhood to present and just kind of walk through your life. Do that in a reasonable fashion. The, uh, yes, I'm originally from Del Rapids, South Dakota. I'm a native uh, of there. And I know this program really deals all about dreams and futures and visions and uh, reality. And one of the nice things about my life, starting in Del Rapids, has been all those have been part of it as so many inductees have been in this uh, organization. So I was born there. I have a family. I have a Norwegian-Irish background. We have a long history in South Dakota. I'm a fifth-generation South Dakotan, so um, I have had a lot of, a lot of different experiences. Um, Del Rapids was a great community to grow up in, a small one at those times. And uh, so the thing that we happened there was I had a great family. I uh, went to the University of South Dakota, spent some time in Washington, D.C. with Senator Munt, uh, working on his staff and, and uh, in the military for a while. And I, was, I got my B.A. and M.A. degrees from the University of South Dakota and did a Ph.D. work at uh, American University in Washington. From there, we went to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, became, I was the head of the uh, Missouri River Basin Commission. Returned to South Dakota to Sioux Falls back in 1979 to work on the Downtown Development Corporation and then a myriad of other things, Lutheran Brotherhood, Wells Fargo, as it's now called, and uh, was general agent for Lutheran Brotherhood for some 20 years. So we have a long history and had the good fortune to, uh, during that process, uh, Dr. Bill Farber, who was my mentor at the university, introduced me to uh, Sue Brown, who many of our our listeners and watchers or viewers will recognize was president and CEO of the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation and as you know and you've been actively with that organization as well uh, a big player in the, in the Sioux Falls area advancing quality of place quality of life. Yeah, you two have had an incredible impact in South Dakota so you started at Del Rapids how many kids were in your graduating class? In my graduating class there were 32 there was 144 in the entire school. This was before they had reorganization. We had A schools and B schools, and B schools, I think there must have been 300 or 400 in the state, and so they were everywhere, and it was a great experience. It's an opportunity where you get involved uh, to find community uh, leadership opportunities that your family would have provided as, a, as an experience, and mm -hmm. so a lot of good things happen in a small town. Oh, absolutely. So you graduated with a class of 32, yes. and then you decided to go to the USD. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big move with lots of students at USD. <laughs> what, what, were your think, what were you thinking at that point in well, time? Well, of course, uh, the advantage is that my brother, Alan, was the first member of our family to graduate from the University of South Dakota and all went, also went to law school there. And so USD and the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity was a big pull. I have a brother. Uh, I, have four, I have four other siblings, two brothers and two sisters. One went to South Dakota State. Who I know a number of your friends are very closely associated with. A great school. It's not the University of South Dakota, of course, but uh, that was a big reason, one of the reasons I went there. And of course, the uh, opportunity to know Bill Farber, who we visited with because I was interested in political science and that sort of a background. So USD became a, a big factor for us. 
And then you, from USD, you went to DC. I went to so Washington, how, DC. How did you do that? Oh, well, part of the uh, opportunity was that I was in graduate school, I had my master's. Sue graduated from Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin in that June. We were married the next week, and off we went in our 1961 Skylark <laughs> two-door to, uh, to Washington, D.C. I had a job with uh, Senator Munt, had assisted me to get an appointment for the summer because I was going to start graduate school at American University in Washington, D.C. And so uh, the summer jobs available were elevator operator, uh, Capitol Police Force, and uh, just sort of general other work you could do around the Capitol. And I took the Capitol Police Force thing. So the first summer we were there, I was a member of the United States Capitol Police Force and started the school in the fall. And basically it was through that and the scholarship I had at AU that I went to Washington, D.C. And how many years were you in D.C.? In for, for five years. I was in the military for a while during that era. And it was a great experience for some young folks from South Dakota to go to the big city and live there and be involved with the people I was. And I had a good fortune to work for U.S. Senator Scoop Jackson from Washington State. And we had a committee on international operations and national security and international operations, which uh, had a lot of really interesting hearings during that period of time. So it was quite a great experience of, uh, of the five years I was there. Dick, you're out there for five years. Uh, why in the world would you come back to South Dakota? I uh, always look for an opportunity to see, uh, to see what the possibilities are. My, my mentor, uh -huh. as I mentioned already, uh, Bill Farber always said, think about the possibilities and what the opportunities might be. And uh, uh, an opportunity came available in Omaha. Uh, a gentleman from Canastota, John Newberger, was appointed by the president to head up the Missouri River Basin Commission. 10 states, 10 federal agencies in Canada. And he was looking around for, maybe there's a South Dakota guy that would want to go back from South Dakota. He was from Canastota originally, played basketball for South Dakota State when they won the national championship back in whatever that year was, but it was early. And uh, he said, well, he talked to Farber. Farber talked to his, his friend, and his friend talked to another friend. It's a sort of mentoring and working together that other people provide opportunities that you otherwise may not have. And uh, so I interviewed and said, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. And my wife had to leave an awfully good job with the Department of Housing and Urban Development. She was on a national development team to go to Omaha, but it worked out for both of us. And so we went to Omaha, short of South Dakota, and got to South Dakota seven years later. Okay. With everything you've done, uh, was your life all planned out and you knew exactly what steps you were going to take? Uh, my life was never planned out, uh, but it does have, uh, it does come to the fundamental issues of, do you have dreams? Do you have visions? And can you turn those dreams and visions into reality? And what the, the actual fundamental substance of what may end up being the end result uh, may not be exactly the same what your dream was, but it, it is possible, it can happen, but it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It, help, it happens when you have friends, supporters, nutritious people that you're involved with who assist you along the way. And, but sooner or later, you have to show up yourself and say, here are my cards. And then you play them the best you can, and hopefully uh, with, I was very fortunate in my bringing and with a strong support from my family and leadership examples that they had in the state and in a small town, uh, those, I think those ingredients make a difference. So the future, it's really all about the future. That's what this program is about, and that's what the, the dreams of the future are. There are new leaderships, what they can do, and where are they going to have the opportunities to make their dreams and their visions a reality. Absolutely. So you were in Omaha for seven years. Yes. 
and at that point, did you ever think you'd get back to South Dakota? I thought we would eventually get back because I wanted to get back to South Dakota for, uh, for the reasons of being in the state, quality of life, quality of place, opportunities to, to and I always had interest in the political side of things and just general leadership opportunities and job opportunities. My family was there and whatnot. So we had this other experience, which I think helps. It doesn't hurt to go away. Mm -hmm. Just remember, you can always come back. We have lots of programs in South Dakota to assist you to do that in both. And Sioux Falls was a community that was very vibrant, was then, continues to grow um, from that period of time, 3,000 people a year. I think we're up to 4,000 people a year now. So it was telling you how the vibrancy, that's why my OB came, came back to South Dakota. That's why so many other good leaders and people who care about the state come back to our state. So I had, I had a call from uh, uh, Doc Farber again, the, the mentoring system. Sort of the, that whole group that he helped save at the university between Tom Brokaw and myself and others who weren't, had our issues on occasion about socializing as sophomores. We got a square door later, but it worked out. Um, but there was an opening for the Downtown Development Corporation to redevelop the downtown area of Sioux Falls. And I applied for that and was fortunate enough to get the position. And so from Omaha, here we go once again. And Sue, fortunately, went along with it looked up, set up our own new business and whatnot in Sioux Falls. A, a really a, a community of, of opportunity that continues to this day and will get nothing but better and better. And Nick, you've been involved in so many things in, in South Dakota. Uh, so we're blessed that you and Sue came back to South Dakota, but why so much involvement from United Way to state parks to sure. everything that you're involved in? <clears throat> Well, it really relates back to the experiences you have as a child and what your parents are. I mean, I, I have uh, been very fortunate to have a legacy of, of great-grandfathers who was served in the South Dakota legislature in 1892, another one who was served in Fort Sisseton in, 19, in 1862 to 66 during uh, the Civil War as part of that, that obligation. Uh, a great-grandfather who was the first sheriff in Edmonds County, it, it sort of related to this obligation and commitment, not only to public service, but to their local communities, churches, families, and that sort of thing. So it was that, that history that was there. My father was a, a really identified as a major conservationist in South Dakota, a sportsman, uh, the Del River Sportsman's Club, and my wife, was, uh, my, my mother, my mother was the first uh, woman uh, president of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Del Rapids, which was back in the early 60s would be a, a first step. So you have all these examples, my, my uncles and aunts and whatnot that were all involved in, in the local community. So it was, just a, it was just a tradition that it would never occur to me that you would not be involved in whether it's the local boys scouts or baseball teams or cleaning up the park or doing something. It's just a, it was a given part of life, but it was not unique to us. It was unique to, and it's not unique necessarily just to small towns either. It's, it's the leadership of the people and the culture that you become part of just because of my uh, situation, the luck of being born and, and, and growing up in Del Rapids, uh, half Irish Norwegian, like everybody else, and everybody was helpful and supportive. Yeah. Dick, you've been involved in so many things. Uh, do you think that involvement also helped your networking of people of uh, all types of businesses and oh, yeah. just build up that, that uh, incredible relationship? Well, yes. Uh, when I first returned to Sioux Falls, I mean, um, I'm a little more gregarious than my partner was, but she's, her record speaks for itself, uh, Sue's, and uh, 
But the opportunity to be involved with the Chamber of Commerce, for example, where I was an uh, ambassador and eventually became chief ambassador, where we were the ones responsible for trying to get people to be interested and have a rationale to join the Chamber of Commerce, be a member, actively support the community. Those opportunities of, of expanding and broadening, and we started Leadership Sioux Falls back in those days for young executives to get involved. So um, it's typical of the overall civic culture and corporate culture of Sioux Falls to enhance and expand those kinds of opportunities. So um, it was... A, there's lots of really great communities in the country, but boy, when you talk about Sioux Falls and that whole area, um, that's what it's all about, and that's how why it happens. Yeah, well, I say Sioux Falls is uh, very magical uh, yeah, with yeah. everything that's going on. Yes, it's magical because it's also made up of people from small little towns all over the country mm -hmm. and large towns that come there and see that as an opportunity and quality of place, quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Dick, you've been involved in a ton of projects. What project that you've worked on has meant the most to you and why? Well, all, all my projects uh, have been really meaningful, I guess, or one doesn't get involved in them, but probably the, the most significant one more recently <laughs> uh, at, at my stage is the Good Earth State Park. And Good Earth State Park was a project that when I happened to have the good fortune to be chairman of the Sioux Falls Chamber Board of Directors, uh, we uh, in 1996 purchased a little bit of land from Doc Watkins out in that area, which has the Native American indigenous site uh, that goes back to the 1300s and 1700s of the Oneona culture, which is very unique. It's not Lakota and whatever. Uh, they were there later, Lakota, Nakota, and Dakota. There are three of those wonderful families that are part of the Native American community in South Dakota, but they were there early. And so the idea and hope then was maybe someday, someday, this could become a state park, the dream, the vision, not my vision. I joined that vision, and I gladly so, by lots and lots of people. I mean, there are too many to mention, of course, for the program here, but in the Sioux Falls community and that area, says, this is a place that needs to be protected, preserved, and saved for the future. The South Dakota Parks and Wildlife Foundation uh, took up later, in, the, in 2013, uh, make a long story short, in 2013, Good Earth State Park at Blood Run became the 13th state park in South Dakota. Hadn't been in a state park since Palisade State Park, which we're now also enhancing, uh, since for 40 years. So it was one of those great moves forward where we were able to buy the land. We had a, a willing seller. We had great philanthropic, charitable folks, the chamber on across the board involved. And so we were able to raise privately about $8.5 million to match federal and state dollars to now have what's in place called the Good Earth State Park. It's not my achievement, but it's an achievement that I really associate with and feel extremely good about. And I might add for your listeners, people like Miles Beacom and others who are willing to step forward and help us in that regard. You're not the only one, but you are many, one of many. It's typical of the kind of commitment that we've had in my life and projects that I've been involved in throughout. It hasn't been Dick Brown. It has the, the story, the mission, and a compelling a reason for people to give it, hey, maybe our story can become their story. Yeah. And that's what happened here. And that's, a, just, that's just an incredible accomplishment. And it's a beautiful park and uh, used 12 months a year, which yeah. is really yeah. fun to watch those, that traffic going in and out yes. of there as well. A uh, question for you. The first piece of land was purchased back in, what, what year was that? I think it's 1995, 96. When you were on the chamber. Yes. 
And so 95-96, and it was completed in, in, tw in 2013, it was when we, it, it was designated as a state park, so it was officially became, along with additional land that we bought. We now have 625 acres, and we have a, a uh, and we actually uh, own the other land that we are going to, is, there's, a, there's a golf course there that we, when I say we, South Dakota Parks and Wildlife Foundation uh, own, and that will become part of the larger park here in about another two or three years. But, but what a vision. Uh, the first parcel you look at till it was identified oh, yeah. as a state park 17 years. Yeah. Yes. And the focus, I mean, a lot of times today people want things today yeah. and done. Yeah. Uh, but you had the plan and you had the people that were focused on it. So what a great accomplishment. And thank you for your leadership well, with that as well. Well, thank you. And it, 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 I think it reflects the, the overall tenor of dreams and visions can come true. You have to just sort of stick with it. You have to show up and be part of it. And you have to be an advocate. You have to be an advocate in not an abrasive way, but an assertive sort of way that makes sense. And if it's a good idea, good things can happen and they happen here. Yeah. Dick, a lot of uh, kids today are faced with a challenge or an obstacle and they believe they can't overcome it and throw the towel in and yeah. they change direction. Yeah. Can you share an obstacle or challenge that you had that really took some focus uh, to work through? Yeah, I've been fortunate in my life not to have necessarily too many. We all have some personal challenges, of course. and. The answer in the long term is it can always be worked out. Always reach out. Always look for another opportunity to see who might be willing to help. And people do care. Uh, when person, when one gets into more of a, an emotional caught up, and whether it's uh, substance abuse or whether it's some, whatever other challenges you may have, the job that you were hoping for doesn't come through or whatnot. Um, those are the kinds of things that, that make it difficult, but there's always someone there to help, and you have to be willing to do that. Now, that's hard, it's easy to say when you're not in that situation, but in every one of my situations was, was I willing to give up what I have, whatever that might have been, to what I might become if I took the next job opportunity or the next opportunity to do something? Or There's a reason for those things that happen. You have to be, hopefully, pretty well grounded to know how that may turn out, but you don't know that. You have to be a, a risk taker, but a reasonable risk taker. Yeah. So um, to those that are the future leaders and all that, the whole life is a whole process of up and downs, but the trend line can be always up, even though you may have a dip on, on occasion. Yeah. So I haven't had personal issues, but I've had issues of deciding, do I want to give up? What's pretty, you know, I think lots of people can may be in position sometimes that's pretty cozy, pretty safe. But what about so follow your dreams, follow the vision, and more often than not, sooner or later that reality will take place. It might be a reality of a new dream and vision that you've discovered because you just made a decision to chase another one. Yeah, absolutely. And one point that you brought up is so important for people to understand is. Uh, if you run into those challenges, don't be afraid to raise your hand because people are around oh, and that will help. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I've had the good fortune to live long enough to see in our, all of our individual personal experiences issues where people would, have, if they would have just reached out, someone could have helped them. And it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to reach out. It's not easy to raise a hand. That's the big challenge. But that's the control that you, we, as individuals have. If we can just get ourselves to say, Take the deep breath and say, where am I? Where can I go? Can I get some help? The answer is there's always help available, and there are lots and lots of people in South Dakota who want to help you. Yeah.
And, and another good point is just just about every single inductee into the South Dakota Hall of Fame has had some incredible challenges. Uh, but to be successful, it's never just that one person. The success that you've had, it's always the team yes. around you and being yes. being uh, able to ask for help and and seek out support. So yeah. uh, just incredible. What is something that you would like people to know about you that we really don't yet? Well, as as a Eight-year state legislator and a bunch of other things that have gone on in my life. There's very few things they don't know about me. But uh, I would just say that I would revert back to just a little bit this concept of always think of the possibilities. Dr. Bill Farber, who was my mentor, said, you know, you have to have the you have to have the desire and the knowledge to know things, and you have to have the vision to see things. But at the end of the day, you have to have be and have the will to do it. So, on Footprints on the Prairie, Doc's book. That's all expanded on, but the, the bottom line philosophy of, about that is that you can make achievements, think about the opportunities that are there, think of the possibilities. Always think about what's the next possibility that I can make a difference. A person can make a difference in the lives of somebody else in a meaningful way, and you can make a difference in everyone's life every day if you just say, I'm going to say hello, I'm going to say good morning, I'm going to whatever. That one little thing may have made somebody's day. Mm -hmm. oh, and absolutely. so that's what's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Dick, thank you very much, and Miles, thank you thank for you. all you do for South well, Dakota. Thank you for all you do in the Hall of Fame. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.